0: scripture reference today is, we're going to start in Hebrews chapter 1 verses 13 and 14. And um, as I was reading this scripture, these words, and the topic is ministering spirits. These words just resonated with me. Ministering spirits. So that's the topic of today's message. And we're going to start in Hebrews chapter 1 verses 13 and verse 14. And from there, I will jump off into other scriptures to talking about ministering spirits. Let me know when you're there, please. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. The Word of God says, verse 13, But to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits? Sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation. I'm going to read that again. But to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand. God has never said to any angel, Sit at my right hand. The only person he says, Sit at my right hand is his son. Till I make your enemies... Your footstool. So he's saying, You sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. So who's God doing it? God is doing it. And he said, 14, talking about the angels. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? So I looked up the definition of the word minister. And it's the Greek word pronounced. Diakonia. Diakonia. Which means to wait as a servant or to aid. So it said, Minister for those who will inherit salvation. So it means to wait as a servant or to aid for those who will inherit salvation. That's who the angels are. They are sent to minister. And if you look up the meaning of angel, it means a messenger sent to minister or to help or to aid or to wait on those who will inherit salvation. That is awesome. So in, you don't have to turn there. I'm just going to talk a little bit to set up where I'm going. So in, Ma- in Mark chapter 1 verse 13, Luke chapter 22 verse 43, and in First Kings 19, <coughs> in Mark and Luke, it were talking about Jesus. In Mark 1.13, it was talking about Jesus in the wilderness when he was being tempted by Satan. And it talks about when he was in the wilderness, how the angels, when Satan left him, the angels came and ministered to him. And also in Luke 22, when he was in the garden of Gethsemane praying, knowing that that the, they were, the soldiers were coming for him. He was praying to the father. If there was another way that what the father required could happen. Because he said father if possible let this cup pass from me. But he said not my will your will. So he was agonizing in the garden over what he had to do. And it says the angels came and strengthened him. And ministered to him. So you have these both instances where Jesus was going through some things and the angels came and ministered to him. Likewise in 1 Kings 19 Elijah the prophet what Elijah was doing Elijah under the instruction by of God destroyed the prophets of Baal. And right after that he was running for his life because Jezebel had threatened to take his life. So Elijah took off, running for his life, in fear of his life, because of the threats that Jezebel had made towards him. And he's there in the wilderness under this tree, moaning. He was in distress. He was ready to give up. He would rather die than continue. And that was mostly out of disappointment in himself, because of his failures. And that happens to us too in some of the times if you really understand the relationship you have with the Lord. Sometimes you, you fail Him. And you rather die than continue because of, of the, the pain and the hurt you feel. In disappointing Him. In not living up to His expectations. But then we understand the love of God. We understand the grace and the mercy of God. Because He knows our weakness. One minute we can be full of faith. We can be, feel like we can move mountains, feel like there's nothing we cannot do. And the next minute we can be cowards, running for our lives. And you can't, you can't associate the two. One per minute you're full of faith, and the next minute you're running and scared. Those two don't go together. So in the, in the, in the, in the feeling of, of not being strong in faith, this is where the enemy can use these emotions, these feelings to attack you. Because saying that you're not good enough. You're too weak. I thought you were a man of faith. You know, Elijah was under the tree complaining. He wanted to die. He was ready to give up. He said, I'm no better than my fathers. I'd rather just die. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd be done with it. But what happened? In the case of Jesus, in the wilderness, with the, with the wild beasts, and the elements, and also in the garden, and also with Elijah, the angels came and ministered to them. Elijah was under the broom tree complaining, then he fell asleep, and the angel came and woke him up. The angel made food, cakes, and tell him to eat, fed him, and met, and met his need. So Jesus, it's like Elijah. They were under a lot of stress, physically and emotionally. Agonizing in spirit and in the flesh. And Jesus resisting the temptation in both instances to go against his father's will. He never went against the father's will. Think about the pressure. The pressure of being bombarded by by Satan himself. He didn't send one of the other's imps. He came himself to Jesus. And Jesus resisted him. Stood in the faith. And what Jesus had to put up with in the garden. Knowing fully well what the Father required. You know how you're going to die. You know the beatings. You know, you know exactly what's going to happen and how. And you're agonizing over having to go through this thing. You know, it's not easy. It is not easy. But Jesus never gave in. He always submitted to the Father's will. So God knows our weaknesses and our frailty. And he sent an angel to serve or aid us in our time of need. Or to make something of importance known to us. Because in Elijah's circumstance, he had the angel woke Elijah up and told him to eat. Because you have a long journey ahead of you. There is something God requires of you. So you've got to get up and eat because this physical body is not going to make that journey if you don't eat. You see, God always sends the angel. God always sends the angel to minister, to help us, to aid us in our distress. Because he's not done with it. There is something else he needs for us to accomplish, to do. God never sends an angel haphazardly. When he sent the angel to Mary, was to tell her about what is going to happen. As the angel came to Elijah, not only to sustain him, but to tell him, this is what you need to do, Elijah. And minister to Jesus, comforting him, because Jesus knew what he had to do. His work wasn't done. Jesus' work wasn't done. Elijah's work wasn't done. Mary's work wasn't done. So the angel had to show up to sustain them and encourage them and to inform them and let them know what they have to accomplish. So God knows our weaknesses and frailty. He knows, and that's the beauty and the compassion of God that he knows our frailty and he doesn't hold it against us. He said, "What is man?" We are like we are like no we are nothing. We are nothing. In this flesh, there's so much that we have to contend with. But God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. But it's through the knowledge of the Son of God. Let's go to Acts chapter 12, verse 1 through 11. Acts chapter 12. There's something I want to show you here. Acts chapter 12. I'm going to start reading from verse 1 through 11. There's something I want you to see here. It says in verse, uh, verse 12... Now, verse, verse, Acts chapter 12, verse 1. Okay, here we go, verse 1. Now, about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now, it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, who is Peter, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him. It took four squads of soldiers to keep Peter, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. So we see here, Herod is about pleasing the people. And you see that killing the disciples gave the Jews pleasure. So he, he was trying to curry favor, get favor from them, their support. So verse 5, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers. And the guards before the door were keeping the prison. So Peter is between two soldiers who are watching him. He's in chains. And they have guards outside the prison door. I mean, where is he going to go? They have him chained. And then what happened? Verse 7. Be, now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him. And a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him. Peter went out following the angel. And did not know that what was done by the angel was real. But he thought he was seeing a vision. Peter couldn't tell if he was seeing a vision or if this was actually happening to him. Verse 10. And when they were past the first and the second guard posts. They came to an iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. I mean, there was no electricity back in those days. There was no like remote to open the gate. The gate opened on its own accord. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. And in verse 11, listen to this. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. He said, I know that the Lord has sent his angel to, delivered, to deliver me from Herod's hand. All right, So you see here. The Lord kept Peter and rescued him. Herod was intent on killing Peter, but it wasn't his time. It wasn't Peter's time. Herod was uh, would kill James because it was James' time. The Lord allowed it, but it wasn't Peter's time because there was stuff Peter had to do. Peter's life was in the Lord's hand, not in Herod's hand. Our life is not in the hand of man. Our life is in God's hand. But if you've got to transition from this body to the presence of Jesus, you've got to put off this body. So it could, it, you could die in your sleep. It could happen anyway. But the, if the thing is, understand that our life is in God's hand, not in the hand of man. And we need to remember that. We must not be dismayed, discouraged, but be strong in faith. Peter wasn't in the prison fussing and complaining. Peter was in prison quiet. But you see, God said that his angels, why? Because he wasn't done with Peter. Peter still had things that needed to be accomplished. So there was no one there to set Peter free. There was no one, the only one who had the authority to set Peter free was Herod himself. But Herod was intent on killing Peter to please the Jews. So God had to intervene by his power. Glory to God. Peter couldn't set himself free. He couldn't even bear, be his own witness. There was no trial. It took God, by his power, to set Peter free from the hands of terror. You understand? So we mustn't be discouraged or dismayed. But be strong in faith. And we have to encourage one another in the faith. We really need each other to run this race. And to finish it. Because the Lord will keep us by His power. He kept Peter. He kept Elijah. He kept Jesus by His power. He sent the angels to minister, to serve, to aid, to help. So that they can take the next step. So that they can take the next steps that's required in their race, in their walk. As they walk by faith. Listen, you've got to walk by faith. You, gotta, you can't be belly aching and complaining. You've got to walk by faith. Because God, He said He will keep us by His power when we walk by faith. God will always back up His Word. If we believe Him and trust in Him, the Word says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your path. That is the promise we have as sons of God, as children of God. That God will keep us by His power. So He sent the angels to minister and aid for us who are heirs of the promise. If you are in Christ, you are an heir. And God will send His angel to help us. We are truly never ever alone. We are never ever alone. We may feel like we are alone. Well we can't go by how we feel, but we have to know that, that we're never alone. The Lord is with us. He sent His angels to take charge over us, to keep us. Oh my God, this is this. I mean, let's go to First Peter chapter one. I want to show you something else here. First Peter chapter one, verses three and three to five. Let me know when you're there, please. I want to show you something else. It says here, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3. Blessed be the God and Father of, of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We are begotten. Again, we have been birthed by the Spirit. That's what it means by begotten. We were begotten when we were born into this earth. But we were begotten again. When we had that new birth experienced by the Holy Spirit. And it says that we've gotten again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Verse 4, to an inheritance. We have been born again, begotten again through Christ, for an inheritance, to an inheritance, that's incorruptible and undefiled, that does not fade away. Do you understand? We, Jesus just didn't die for us to be, to, 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 to not to go to hell. He died so that we can have an inheritance. And I, I mean, I've, I've been talking about that a lot. We are joint heirs with Christ. What does that mean? That means that whatever Jesus inherits, we are also inheritors of it. So we have been born again by the Spirit to an inheritance that we have reclaimed and experienced through Christ. It says, reserved in heaven for you. Verse 5, why? Who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. So we have been begotten again through Christ by faith to an inheritance which is laid up and waiting for us. Oh my God. Did you hear that? And if you go back to Hebrews 1.14, it says, It mentioned about God's angels serving those who will inherit salvation. So it's not talking about just any person. It's talking about those who have be, been begotten again in Christ to an inheritance. These are the people that the angels have been sent to minister to. These are the people who have been sent. That's who? The saints of God. We have been begotten through Christ to an incorruptible inheritance. Laid up, waiting for us. However, we cannot fully receive our inheritance until we put off this body. This body is corruptible. The Bible says flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. We have our inherit. We have our inheritance spiritually. But it is laid up for us. The actual, the actual receiving or, or, or embracing our full inheritance is yet to come. And that will be after we put off this body and we put on the incorruptible. You understand? So we are able to experience some of the glory now because we are in Christ and if we walk by faith, but we will fully experience it. When we put off this body and put on the incorruptible body. Because the Bible says, as I said, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So while we are still in this body, we are kept by God's power through faith. And the way we are kept is by His angels. Who have been sent to serve and aid us in our journey of faith. This is how we are kept by God's power. Because the angels have been sent to help us. To to, to aid us in our walk of faith. They keep us. They intervene as needed. And help us along the way. Especially in our times of distress and weakness. However we are required to walk by faith. Not giving up or giving in during times of distress. And that's what happened with Jesus. That's what, what happened with Elijah and Peter. In the times of distress. The angels came and ministered. But they didn't give up. Yes, Elijah wanted to give up, but when the angel started talking to him, he understood that he wasn't done. His attitude changed because he did what the angel told him to do. He didn't quit. He didn't bellyache and say, "I'm not going to do it." He did it. Why? What does that mean? That he is walking by faith. Faith is obeying God's word in the midst of everything. I don't matter how you feel. Walking by faith is doing God doing things God's way. No matter how you feel. No matter what it looks like in the natural that is not easy it's easy to say but my God that's not all we need that is to say, we got to die daily we got to put the flesh to death daily and not give in to its deceitful lusts and desires because it will always go against the things of God the flesh will always go against the things of God so the angels will intervene as needed and help us along the way the word of God tells us what to do And as we yield to it, the angels will respond. You hear that? The word of God tells us what to do. And as we yield to it, the angels will respond. I'm going to read Psalm 103, 20 and 21 to you. It says, Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word. The angels do his word, not our word, his word. Heeding the voice of His word. Bless the Lord, all you His hosts, you ministers of His, who do His pleasure. When we speak God's word, when we yield to God's word, the, inner, the angels are obligated to act. Because they only yield to the word of God. So when our thoughts And our confession line up with what God's word says about our situation. The angels act. Their hands are not tied. Because they only act on the word of God. They don't go against God's word. Because that's why the Bible says, They that trust in the Lord will never be ashamed. What does that mean? Your trust, you put in your hope. And your trust in God. Why? Because you're choosing to walk by faith. To do it His way. And when you choose to do it His way, the angels are guaranteed they, they are guaranteed, they are obligated to keep you by the power of God. So you can't make, just make miscellaneous claims about angels, about things of God. There, we are, there's a requirement that we as children of God, trust in God and stand firm in the faith. Saying the things God says about our situation. And doing the things God expects us to do in the midst of our situation. Amen. So the angels only hearken unto the voice. They heed the voice of His word. And these are encouraging words. Because we already know what God will do when we trust in Him. He promised to be our refuge and our strength in times of trouble. And He will do it. He will never, ever go against His own word. Understand that we are never alone. I'm never alone. You all are never alone. Don't go by how you feel. We are never alone. And we always have to look at things from a heavenly perspective. The things that we are going through and have to go through is not to kill us. Even though at times we feel like we want to die. When we go through some things say, Lord, I can't take this anymore. Just take, just like Elijah, Lord, just kill me now and, and be done with it sometimes we feel like that but to make our reliance has to be only on the lord and to be more like christ that's why we go through stuff so that we learn to put our flesh to death our desires to death until we, we come to the end of ourselves and our only cry out, cry is crying out to god in the midst of everything this walk is not easy It is exclusive. The Bible says narrow is the gate that leads to life. And there are few who find it. This walk in Christ is exclusive. It's narrow. And it's not easy. But we can do it. They said few find it. That means you have to be seeking the things of God daily. So understand that the angels are with us. To assist us in doing the Lord's will. And not... Doing our thing. So, the ministering spirits who are sent to minister to us, who are the heirs of salvation, are the angels. They are messengers, they are servants, but they're here to help us, aid us, who are the heirs of salvation. And what's required of us is to take a stand of faith, walk daily by faith. Put the flesh to death daily. It's not easy. But the more and more you learn to do it. The easier, easier it becomes. Because our souls are being assaulted daily. By the things of this world. Trying to get us to conform. And turn away from the things of God. Just like Jesus was under attack. But he said. I'm here to do the will of him who sent me. And finish his work. Jesus never gave up. Peter didn't give up. These men, people who came before us, they didn't give up. They stood, stood firm in the faith. Why? For the joy that was set before them. They knew, they saw it. And they knew the end. So Lord, help us to have that same heart. Help us to be strong and of good courage. So that we don't tie the hands of the angels who you sent to minister to us. So that we can live the reality of your promises on this earth. So help us, Lord, today. Help us, Lord, not to just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. Glorifying you, O God. So that the angels are free to move on your behalf, doing your will in our lives. So, Lord, we just thank you. And we give you all the glory. And I hope we receive something today. In Jesus' name.